Welcome to today's podcast, uh, where we'll be discussing retirement education for educators. Uh, today, we have Eric Neville. He is the CEO of Teachers Pension. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, can you tell the audience about yourself, um, you know, Teachers Pension, kind of what you all do? Absolutely. So I grew up in a family of educators. My dad was a retired teacher. Uh, my brother's a principal. And so um, being with my family and my, my dad uh, working longer than he had to, I said, Dad, why are you, why are you uh, uh, not um, retiring at a decent age? He said, well, I can't afford to. I said, well, why not? Don't you have a retirement plan? And, and I asked him if he had a 403B or 457, and he's like, no, what's that? Come to find out, he, he thought that the district didn't have one of those options for him. But in reality, he did have one. And he just didn't know about it. There was a lack of education that was happening in his school district. And so I decided to create a company, Teacher's Pension, that provides financial wellness education, not just on 403 b 447, but full robust curriculum of how to manage debt, how to uh, maximize your cash flow, understanding your risk tolerance, social security, many other topics. And so it's been really great. Teacher's Pension, we've, um, we're national. We've got offices in New Jersey to California and everything in between. And so love doing what we do because it's an educational approach. Perfect. Well, can you explain to us, you know, what's important about retirement education? I know you kind of gave a backstory there, but if I'm a school district employee, why is it retirement education important to me? So here's the, the situation, right? So employees have their main source of retirement, their defined benefit plan we know as TRS, right? Now that's going to be their main source of income. Now in the state of Texas, school districts do not contribute. Most school districts do not contribute to social security. So they're like, okay, I don't get the federal pension. I only have the state pension instead. The problem is, is that most employees are retiring with about 50 to 60%. Some are more, some are less, but the average is retiring with about 50 to 60% of their final year salary. But employees are going, time out. I could barely live on 100% of my salary right now. Mm -hmm. How am I going to live on only 50 or 60% when I retire? Right. And so it's very important for them to understand what there we call as a retirement income gap. What is their gap? And what would it take to bridge that gap to get closer to 80, 90, or 100%, or if they do it right, 110% of their salary? So that way, they have enough money to carry them through to retirement, covers inflation. So listen, if employees want to work till they're 90 years old or 100 years old, right, it should be because they want to, not because they financially have to. But it starts with education. Employees don't know what they don't know. And so it's very, very important that employees understand how does Social Security work? How does my pension work? What are those beneficiary options? And what do I need to know? And what should I do or can I do inside of my district to take advantage of these great benefits right. so that they can be more financially sound? Right. So, you know, I'm in my 30s. Uh, how do I gauge how I'm performing as it relates to my retirement um, savings? Mm -hmm. What tools are out there that I can utilize to, to you know, really you know, measure that? Absolutely. So... Depending on the investment provider you have, whether it's a 401k, 403, 407, most of those investment providers will have some educational resources. Hopefully they should. If they don't, that's, that, that is unfortunate. But most of them do. We have online calculators and, and assessments, right? The main things as a 30-year-old that is looking at retirement, am I on the right track? 
Everybody asks them that themselves that question. Am I on the right track? It's important to look at and bring the statement to a, a fiduciary, a financial advisor that is unbiased and neutral, not just another vendor or insurance company that wants to sell you a product, but truly visiting with a financial advisor that will advise you and take a look and say, does this portfolio match up to your risk tolerance? Mm -hmm. Does this portfolio, based upon historical averages, does this look like it will bridge that TRS income gap that we talked about and really kind of project what that's going to look like? And yes, a lot of times employees might just need to do $100 more a paycheck, and they're exactly where they need to be. Sometimes it makes sense to rebalance that portfolio. Maybe they're too risky or they're too conservative based upon their risk tolerance, right? So we just want to make sure that, one, what are you doing? Are you paying fees or are you not paying fees? And if you are paying fees, could you get the same thing over here for cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not paying fees, what are the strings attached of why you're not paying those fees, right? So it's important to kind of look at what you're currently doing have a fiduciary with the right licensing take a look at that and make some suggestions on some edits and tweaks to your plan. Okay. So you mentioned TRS, which is, you know, the state mm -hmm. pension, right? So right. can you talk about Social Security and how that factors into this whole retirement equation? Absolutely. Great question. In Texas is one of many states, probably about 12 or 13 states, California, Colorado. There's many states that actually opt out of Social Security. And they say, you know, for our school districts and our school teachers, our employees, we're going to do the TRS system or the state pension instead of Social Security. Not together, but instead of. And because the employees don't contribute to Social Security, 90% of the districts in Texas don't, right? Where if since they're not contributing to Social Security, that factors in, right? So because a lot of employees will not invest. They won't do a 4347 because they assume, oh, I've got my... TRS, and I got my federal pension, Social Security, mm -hmm. when in reality, they might not get Social Security or get enough. Really, the employees that maybe did contribute to Social Security many years ago and then came into teaching as a second career, they might get something if they qualify for it, but it might be prorated down. You get less than you think, right? right. For those employees that don't qualify, they'll get nothing. And they're like, okay, I only have TRS. And so again, this is that much more needed, right, where a lot of folks look at their 457 plan as their Social Security replacement plan, right? right? Where it's like, well, if I don't get Social Security, well, I need to do something to help replace that since I don't have it anymore. So it's important to include that in the education and make sure the employees know this is exactly why you need to supplement right. your retirement. So taking a step back, as an employer, uh, I would you know, assume that it's it's part of your due diligence, really, to educate your employees on retirement, given, you know, the circumstances right. that you've explained. So what are some of the, the tools that an employer can afford or offer to their employees? What can employees access as well to really get this information and start preparing for retirement? There's a lot of resources out there. Financial Benefit Services, FBS, has a lot of resources and tools on websites and, and, and access to a lot of educational resources. Teachers Pension, we have a lot of resources. One of the things that we find to be the most effective, especially for school districts that adopt this, for the new employees, right? New employee orientations, teacher orientations, right? M&O, food services, making sure that this is part of that curriculum and the onboarding right? Whether it's only a five minute type presentation or virtual thing, or maybe it's a, a more of a 15, 20 minute. It's important for them to know a district that really wants to make sure that employees are financially sound and have a dignified retirement and, and have money to, uh, to be more financially sound. 
it really, those that adopt a new hire orientation is powerful. But there are so many resources out there available. Just a lot of school districts haven't really put this as a priority, right? Because they have IEPs. They've got all these other things on their plate, right? Mm -hmm. And I get it. But, but here's the thing. What's great about it, I love working with HR departments because HR departments say, you know, we, we love our employees. If they have uh, abuse, substance abuse, we help them. If they have abuse in the home, we help them. We're HR. We want to take care and help our employees. But sometimes we'll see, well, if they have a financial issue, it's on their own, right? Well, no, let's have that be part of the HR improvement of employee morale and overall health of an employee. Financial stress is one of the leading causes of divorce and stress, especially we saw during COVID. And so it's really important to include that financial health piece in that overall employee. Right. I mean, uh, of the, the wellness, um, you know, pyramid, mm -hmm. really mental health is obviously very prevalent, physical yeah. health, you yeah. know, uh, but financial wellness has to be a part of that. 100%. And so as far as like a, a life stressor, finances are a huge part of that too. So Absolutely. totally agree. So um, going back to the types of supplemental options, mm -hmm. so you mentioned 457 plans and 43B. Can you kind of explain to sure. the audience what the difference is between the two? A lot of school districts know about the 43B, but, but you'll see a lot more smaller districts might not have a 457, but the bigger ones do. And what's great about the 457 and the 403B and the teaching profession itself, 403B was designed for nonprofits, right, churches, hospitals, and schools, right? 457 was designed for governmental, police officers, firefighters, you know, government municipalities, those types of things. But here's the nice thing is a school district can actually is the only profession that can double dip. They can do both a 403B because they're a school. And technically, they're also a publicly funded governmental entity. So they could do 457. They're really the only one that could do both. If you're a church, you can only do a 403B. If you're a police officer, you can only do 457. But if you're a right. teacher, you could do both, right? right? Now, the main difference, they work very similar. You'll see in the 403B world of more of a wild, wild west. There's a lot of vendors out there and products, and it's like, which one's the right one? It, you know, it, it gets kind of crazy and overwhelming. The 457 side, you'll see a little bit more restrictions on that. And one of the great things is the difference between the 403B four for seven is unlike a 403B, 401K, IRA, Roth IRA, all of these letters and numbers, right? You have a 10% IRS penalty if you want to cash out that money prior to 59 and a half. It's like 59 and a half. Everything's 59 and a half. I can't touch my money until I'm 59 and a half. Even if it's a Roth IRA, yeah. can't touch till 59 and a half or you'll get penalized from the IRS. A 457 there's never that penalty. You can literally be a 23-year-old and have a million dollars in there and cash it out with no 10% wow. IRS penalty. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So yeah. early retirement is great to have in the 457. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just percentage-wise, uh, you know, got a question, random question, but uh, as far as like the districts in Texas, how many offer 457 plus? I'd say probably close to about 50 to 60%, probably. Okay. And those that don't. I mean, what, what is the reasoning to not? They probably just don't know about it, right? A lot of the smaller districts um, we see don't have them. Mid-sized districts, too, don't have them. Um, but, you know, they, they or they assume, maybe they assume it's going to cost them money if they added one, and it doesn't cost the employer anything. Just making it available, switching on the light switch for, the, for your employees to have that as an additional option doesn't cost the district anything, right? Um, and there's even Roth 403B that a lot of districts don't know about, and a Roth 457. Now you can get it all tax-free, right? Just even if employees don't want to participate in the pre-tax version or the after-tax Roth version, at least having it available for the employees is always a good thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's we see a lot of districts that just 
don't know about it. And the ones that do implement it came from a district that maybe had it and said, well, gosh, why don't we have it here, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to, to, to make sure districts know that the 457 tax code, especially for the employees that come and go, it's, you know, they need to cash that out for moving expenses or they're moving out of state, whatever. Now they can access it without any penalty like they would on a 403B. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. There, there has to be education at the employee level, but totally. then at the district level 100%. as well, you know, to offer a, a, a full suite of, of retirement plans that are suited for all parties, right? Correct. So now I am close to retiring. Mm -hmm. I have not put anything into, you know, 43B, mm -hmm. 457. Right. Is it still worth it? That is the best question. That was one of my favorite questions. Uh, so... I had, I'll give you a little story. I had a teacher, okay, she was 62, right? And she was almost in tears. She's like, you know, I, I remember the new implementation. I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I never did. I've been working for the district for 25, 30 years, and I never did anything. And she goes, Eric, does it really make sense for me to save? Because I want to leave in three years. I want to leave at 65. So three years. Does it really make sense for me to save for retirement? I said, great question. Let me answer your question with a question. She's like, okay. I said, listen, let's say you can only afford to do $100 a paycheck, $100 a month. And after three years, contributions and interest, let's say it's accumulated to $5,000 is all, mm -hmm. right? Isn't it better to have an extra $5,000 on top of your, your TRS than yeah. not, right? It's yeah. like, like, what would you have done with that money if you didn't, right? You would have spent it. You would have paid taxes on it. You may, okay, maybe you would have put it in your savings account making 0, .00 nothing percent rather than making real interest. So really the message is it always, always, always makes sense to save, whether you've got two years left or, of course, if you have 30 years left. Right. Well, Eric, thanks for sharing this, you know, knowledge with us. Um, it's always great to have you in, in the office. And, um, you know, if, if you're an employer out there, a school district that, wants to offer a 457 plan or a 43B plan, please contact FBS. Uh, we'll be happy to assist you. And uh, thanks, Eric. Awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it.